Welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. Join us each week as we delve into some of life's most complex questions. It's time to explore the unexplained. Hello and welcome to Paranormal Underground Radio. I am your host, Cheryl Knight, and today I have a very special co-host and a very special guest. You may remember my co-host, just maybe, vaguely, if you've heard the show before. His name is Chucky G. Hey, Chucky G. Hey, Cheryl. How's it going? Good. How are you? Welcome back. Thanks. Yeah, I'm doing fine. This is uh, this is like surreal in a way. It's like dun, dun, dun. it's been like it's only been like three months, but it seems like three years for it's some it, reason. Doesn't it seem? <laughs> yeah, it seems like really, really long. You know, it's yeah. like oh my god, I haven't I haven't talked to him in a while. I have to send him a text. Yeah, <laughs> like, but it hasn't really been that long. But it does it does feel that long. But I'm I'm glad to be. I'm, I'm I appreciate the fact that you invited me back to Yay. to um to uh, you know put our um, our guest on trial today. All right. Speaking of the guest putting the guests on trial this should be fun you may remember this guest if you've listened to paranormal underground in the past her name is karen frazier hi karen yay hey that was my introduction (laughs) that's no well guy i tried i tried my best karen no that is not your official introduction i have a very very nice introduction lined up here Oh, that's nice. very good. Yes, yes. In fact, let's talk about Miss Karen, Mrs. Karen Fraser, shall we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. Go well, ahead. Let's do it. Let's do it. Karen Fraser writes paranormal, spiritual, metaphysical, and vibrational energy healing books, articles, and blogs that explore topics such as reincarnation, life between lives, life after death, energy healing, crystals, ghosts, psychic phenomena, and the survival of consciousness after death. Oh my gosh, that, that's all Man. awesome. I love all those topics, by the way. She is also a columnist for our very own Paranormal Underground magazine. She writes the monthly metaphysics and dream interpretation columns. And Karen also writes cookbooks and nutrition and reference books. Let me tell you a little bit more about our good friend Karen, because this sure. really gets into what her, her book is about. Karen is an intuitive energy healer who is a Reiki master and teacher and a certified animal Reiki practitioner. She is also, and the part uh, that we'll be talking about with Karen today is the part about the intuitive energy healer. Karen is an ordained minister for the International Metaphysical Ministry. She also has studied numerous energy and alternative healing techniques, including quantum touch, aromatherapy, sound healing, metaphysical healing, and crystal healing. Karen holds a bachelor's of metaphysical science and a master's of metaphysical science from the University of Metaphysics, as well as a PhD in metaphysical parapsychology from the University of Sedona. She is currently working toward her Doctor of Divinity, specializing in spiritual healing at the University of Metaphysics. And I'm almost done. This is like the resume of resumes. I'm so jealous. Karen, to top it off, is a Nia White Belt who also holds certificates in life coaching and life purpose coaching. She teaches classes in vibrational and energy healing, Reiki, and psychic development. <sighs> wow. <laughs> Am I boring you? When you, when no, you I'm tired. Belt, I'm, I'm out of breath. It's, it's, there's, <laughs> I'm, there's so much to read. So, I, I don't feel I'm qualified to, to uh, talk to this lady. By <laughs> way, no. I'm, I'm not. No. Mm-mm. You're going to have to. Yeah, you can do it. You could do it. Okay. All right. Thanks. Thanks All for right. the pep talk, well, Cheryl. Sure thing. And actually, what we're going to be <laughs> talking to Karen about primarily tonight uh-huh. is a really cool yeah. new book, mm. and it mm. is out. And Karen, uh, Karen will tell us what we can get it later on. But it's called Higher Vibes Toolbox: Vibrational Healing for an Empowered Life. Nice. Welcome to the show, Karen. Welcome. Oh, I'm so excited to be on. Now, let me know if I'm saying this right. Paranormal Underground Radio. <laughs> Yay! You got it, you got it. Yes. Oh, right. good. Good job. I said with all the degrees, you should be able to say that correctly. Yeah, you would think, right? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a That's paper true. tiger, dude. <laughs> well, it is National Wine Day and all, so I understand. It is so. National Wine Day today. Do, do you want to start off, Cheryl, or do you want me to start off? 
I guess I can start off with a, with a question, and it's yeah. in regards to some terminology that is used in the book, specifically what Karen likes to call her work. Karen, you are a vibrational healer, or as you prefer to be called, cor- correct, an intuitive energy healer. So I guess my question is, what is a vibrational healer or an intuitive energy healer? Yeah, you know, it's really funny. It's really hard. Um, And I'm sure we've talked about this on the show many times. I've always had trouble labeling myself um, because I feel labels limit us. Mm -hmm. However, when you have bios and you speak places and you write books, you're supposed to have a pithy label, right? (laughs) <laughs> so mine is, uh, I, I use intuitive energy healer, a vibrational healer. Um, and basically it's somebody who works with energy and helps people to heal their body, mind, and spirit by removing energetic imbalances or vibrational imbalances and to bring balance back into your life. Mm-hmm. So that's not just say getting rid of negativity, negative energy, because do you, you need a little bit of that for a balance or what? Is that correct or not? There's, so there's, there's clearly there's, we have duality in the world that we live in. There's negative and there's positive. And for everything, there's something opposite, right? Right. Mm-hmm. And right. so within the human experience, um, we do experience that duality. And I have said to people in the past, you as a human being, as an embodied human, you cannot appreciate um, like sunshine. I live in the Pacific Northwest. And so we have a lot of rain, and I really appreciate sunny days as a result of that, right? Yeah. So you can't appreciate one without the other in the embodied experience. So as embodied humans, yes, we absolutely have balances and opposites of energies. However, as divine individuals, that is who we are as spirits when we're not in bodies. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's only one and one thing, and it's all love. Ultimately, we do not need them, but as as part of the human experience, uh, it is part of what we experience and it's part of how we understand and appreciate and experience ourselves. Gotcha. So I have a question. So we, a lot of the books t- talks about, you know, you hear vi- about vibrations and vibes and stuff like that. You know, I mean, it's, the book, book's title has got it in there. How, how's an easy way to explain to someone that maybe doesn't understand what that really means, you know, because it's a pretty open, yeah, it's, yeah, it's a pretty open oh my know, God. Uh, concept. Yeah, I could go on for hours and hours and hours, right? So all of us at our very, very most basic matter, at our very most basic level, are made of the same thing as everything we see and experience in our universe, and that's little tiny strands of vibrating energy. Little tiny nice. strands that vibrate. And that's what we are, is, is um, that, and the density that those vibrating strands take on determines what we experience as matter. Mm-hmm. So you know what density is, right? What I mean yeah. by density, how tightly mm-hmm. packed they are. How, okay, right. so, um, so everybody is, everybody underneath is vibration. And everything mm-hmm. you see is vibration, this, ro- this rock. This chair I'm sitting on is vibration. Um, a crystal I pick up is it, vibration. It's all made of the same stuff. Right. And um, I forgot where I was going with that because I had a little wine for wine day. <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. Um, I, I get the idea of what you're saying. And then, so then my question is, um, so these vibrations that come from pretty much every every living organism, in, in, yeah. in rocks, everything, basically. Yeah, uh, everything. It, when it shifts, when something shifts, if I shift, if um, mm-hmm. a tree shifts or something shifts, everything shifts, correct? Yes. So basically vibration, um, the goal as human embodied human beings, and I want to yes. just point out again the difference. An embodied human being is what you are, flesh and bone. You're a right. spirit in a body, right? Correct. Yes, correct. Um, as opposed to being in pure spirit or divine form. Mm-hmm. So um, remind me of the question. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I said, so, you know, like if, um, if you know, like if I move forward doing something whether it's positive or negative or whatever yeah, yeah. my vibrations they affect everything it's like a it's like a wave yeah. effect correct yeah so well actually okay. what it's called is it's called entrainment so our goal as embodied human beings is to raise our vibration and as we raise our vibration we raise the vibration of the entire organism and the entire organism would be the planet that we live on and as okay. our planet raises its vibration it raises the vibration of the entire organism which would be the universe Okay, that's that. Okay, yeah, that so, makes sense. Everything in kind of it's in a hierarchical thing. 
Like if I change mm-hmm. the vibration of my little finger, mm-hmm. it affects the vibration of my entire system, my body, mind, and spirit. Right. So everything below a certain hierarchy raises the vibration of the whole, which then raises the vibration of the whole thing above it. So if you change your vibration as a human, you are affecting the vibration of the entire universe, and that happens through a process called entrainment. Mm-hmm. Okay. And so then where does um, so the manifestation, awareness, intention, uh, those, those lie in how we go about doing what we're doing and to bring forth, you know, whatever, to be positive and to, to change who we are to be better. But then that also has an effect on the vibrations. I mean, everything is all connected. Yeah, absolutely. It's all, it's all connected. And our goal is eventually to, in our physical universe. Now, when I'm talking about the universe, I'm talking about the physical universe we live in. The planets, the stars, the solar systems, right? Mm-hmm, and in correct. order to raise our physical universe into a different dimension or into um, basically to reintegrate with the whole, the divine, the source, we need okay. to continuously raise our vibration. So if you raise your vibration, you are going to affect someone else who raises their vibration, mm-hmm. and eventually the whole vibrates higher and higher and higher until the universe that we live in, the physical universe that we live in, has a sufficient vibration that it can move into a different dimensionality where we are one with the divine. Got it. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. So then, so if we move away from vibes and talk about how you said, you know, we need to learn to love ourselves, which is a a, a very profound statement because it is very true. Um, How do we go about doing that? Well, do you have about 50, 50 yeah, how does, how, to discuss sure. that? You yeah, like sure. that? Yeah, yeah, no problem. Well, I'm just saying, you know, give me, can you give us you know, things you can use to, to get to that point, you know, to, just to start the movement of doing Well, so that's what the Higher Vibes Toolbox is all about, honestly, is, is giving you, providing you with practical tools that help you to recognize yourself for who you are. Mm-hmm which is divine, and right. therefore learn to love yourself. So, um, you know, I, I, there's, there's all sorts of things you can do. For instance, one very practical tool that's in the toolbox talks about forgiveness and judgment. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, it's something that we all do as human beings, you know, and what happens when you judge somebody? How do you feel if you catch yourself judging someone else? You feel pretty crappy, right? Right, correct. Well, judgment is something that lowers our vibration, and it keeps us in a vibration of illness and sadness and, and all of these, these things that, that keep us from moving upward in our vibratory level. So um, one of the things to do is just start noticing when you judge someone, and um, when you catch yourself doing it, see if you can change it. Mm-hmm. Notice when you judge yourself, and if you catch yourself doing it, see if you can change it. All right. So let me ask you about law of attraction. Um, okay. Just I, I just want like I want to know your your personal opinion on law of attraction. You know, like what you put out is what you get, kind of a thing. So how do you feel about law of attraction, or what do you believe it is? The law of attraction. Well, yes. Like thoughts, what? What is your personal definition? Thoughts have energy, right? Okay. So because Correct. everything everything has energy, everything vibrates. Um, excuse me, and I talk a lot in the book about uh, Masaru Omoto's messages from water. Yes, and is cool. um, it's it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, this right. research that he did, and it's a great example of how thoughts affect things. Thoughts become things. Mm-hmm. So right. what Masaru Omoto did is he took water and he would put it in containers and he would write words on paper. Mm-hmm. And the words would either be words of affirmation, I love you, you're beautiful, or they would be words of, what do you call it, disaffirmation. They would be low vibra- vibration thoughts. Like they would be, um, I hate you, you're ugly, you're stupid, yeah. that type yeah. of thing. And right. he would take those on the outside of the glass that had this water. And he would let it sit for a while. And then he would freeze the water and he photographed the ice crystal. Mm-hmm. And in photographing the crystal, he froze the water, photographed the ice crystal. The crystals that had the higher vibration thoughts, the you're beautiful, I love you, things like that, had ordered and very beautiful crystalline structures. Well, the, the water in the crystals that had the negative and lower vibration thoughts would look muddy and disordered and, and really just 
kind of unattractive, visually unappealing. Mm-hmm. And um, so I've done something similar. I in in my classes that I teach, one of the things I do is I program some little crystal beads. Usually, I use quartz crystals, and mm-hmm. I put it in two separate baggies, um, just little round quartz crystal beads. And I write on one piece of paper, I write I love you, and on another piece of paper, I write I hate you, and then I put them in envelopes, and I mix the envelopes up, and so I don't know which is which, and I drop one in each bag, okay? Mm-hmm. And then I take and I um, leave those for about a week, then I take them to my class, and the envelopes are still sealed, so nobody, including me, has any idea which is which. And mm-hmm. I give everybody two crystals, one in each hand, and I say, okay, now tell me which one was in the I love you, and which one was in the I hate you bag, and you would be amazed. I have nailed it every single time I've done it just by holding the crystals. Other really? people, yeah, That's awesome. Other people, okay. My classes are able to distinguish the differences too. I would say probably 75 to 80% of them get it right. And I've done wow. this more than once. I've done this in every class that I've taught that has to do with psychic or energy healing. And it's, it's a really powerful illustration of how thoughts affect vibration. So this is a really long answer to your question, Chuck, and I'm sorry. No, that's that. okay. No, that's so, it's a fascinating. Oh, this oh, so, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you were done. Go ahead. But So this is how I show thoughts become things. And it's mm-hmm. how Masaru Emoto showed thoughts become things, too. Because it affects the energy of the crystal, and the crystal doesn't feel neutral anymore. You can distinguish something different. So Masaru Emoto did this with water. The human body is 60% water, and in our brains, it's about 75% water. Mm-hmm. So if thoughts and words, just words written on a piece of paper, affect water that way, think of what it's doing to your body. Mm-hmm. So because of that, that's what I think the law of attraction is, Chuck, is that thoughts become things, and therefore where you put your energy mm-hmm. is what you manifest. Now, there's a far deeper metaphysical explanation for it, and I could go into it if you want, or we can move on. <laughs> we should probably move on to other questions. Cheryl, do you have a question? Oh, yes, I have many questions. Um, okay. I uh, I guess right. what dealing with what Karen was just talking about, though, it mm-hmm. kind of reminds me of an other experiments let's say where the scientists talk to plants and they give them positive mm-hmm. comments and then they love the plants tell them that they're you know good plants yep. and all this stuff and and the other the other experiment is with plants where they just ignore the plants as far as just not paying any attention to the plants or well, say try it with a kid yeah i it, mean don't I, i'm not i don't don't try it with a kid, but you know what I mean. You can see that in children too. The one worked, side, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I worked in education and I worked with children, and and you can see in the kids that who you know they flourish if you give them that type of mm-hmm. confidence and that type of love, and and the ones that don't get it, unfortunately, yeah, you're right. They they oftentimes don't do as well. Interesting. Well, the premise of your book overall, from what I can tell, um, and I haven't finished it as i told you before but but, Mm. yeah i'm sorry but what i have read i get the feeling that the overall message is that each individual holds the power to heal themselves in many ways such as through even physical healing mental healing financial relationships careers you know all these other things so in your vibrational healing toolbox in the book obviously instructs in a very detailed way how individuals can go about doing that so my question is when we start as as let's say i were a beginner i'm a beginner let's say and i start doing this pretend like i know nothing about it where would i start where would you start so if i I, and i think i actually say this somewhere in the book i don't know i wrote it a while ago but Mm -hmm. chuck has read it so maybe he can remind me if i said that um if you have only one tool to use, you start with intention. Intention okay. is yes. everything. Did yes. I say that in the book? Yeah, I, I, I think it's something to, the, to, to that effect because it's like, I mean, intention is, it, it, a word is just a word without intention. Manifestation is nothing without intention. Everything is based on what you put into mm-hmm. what you're trying to do. Yes, right. I agree. So intention yep. basically sets yep. the, it's like the thermostat for vibration. Mm-hmm. Ooh, I like that. Very, very I'm, cool. I, came up with that. I, mean, I like that. <laughs> Trademark. Copyright. Yeah, whatever. PM, Karen <laughs> um, but yeah, so intention sets the thermostat for vibration. You, If you intend something, the minute you start to intend something, 
then you start to be aware of the things that you're doing that run counter to that intention. So, so yes, so intention basically as soon as you intend something, and usually when I say intend something, state it as intent, write it as intent, and focus on that intent. Mm-hmm. So say it out loud, write it down, and focus. Yep. Mm-hmm. And say it yep, as often as you can. And when you when you start to think something that's counter that, so let's give you a really practical example. Thank so what's you. something that what's something that you want to change? Let's say I want to change my financial situation. All right, prosperity is a big one. The two the two big ones that I usually hear are prosperity mm-hmm. and relationship. You've got a lovely relationship. So <laughs> yes, that's not a problem. All okay, good. so. Charity and relationship are the two biggest ones that I hear. Mm-hmm. So say um, I want more money, right? That's so that's that's kind of where your intention is. First of all, the combination of I plus the verb that comes after it is very powerful. So if you say I want to have more money, the universe is going to give you exactly what you just asked for, the experience of wanting mm-hmm. more money. Okay. Okay. So instead of I want more money, what I recommend you do is that you create an intention as if you already have it. I am prosperous. This is a really simple one for somebody yep. with who, who's working with prosperity. Mm-hmm. I am prosperous. And usually what I would say is um, I give thanks to the universe that I am prosperous. Mm-hmm. And so that's your first thing. Now, the next thing is that if you say I am prosperous once a day, right? Oh, Chad just won the lottery. Whoop, whoop. Um, <laughs> anyway, so if you if you say I am prosperous yes. every day and you say it once a day, but your bills come in the mail and you think, oh, I can never pay this. And okay. you go to write a check and you think, oh, my God, can I afford this today? And nobody writes a check. You go to use your <laughs> debit card and you think, can I afford this today? And I mean, think of all of the thoughts that you have yeah. throughout the day. To split through your mind in a split second, right? That, yeah. That are church of prosperity. Yes. So what do you think is going to have more powerful? I give thanks to the universe that I'm prosperous or those m- that you say once or those millions of thoughts that mm. flip through your mind that tell the universe something else. That's ho- that's the hard part, isn't it? It is. So the next <laughs> step, so intention is first, mm-hmm. but then you mm-hmm. also have to then be in awareness and understand how you talk to yourself about that thing that you desire. Okay. Mm-hmm. And then you need to change it. When you catch it, you need to stop it. Yeah. You need to, when you have that, as soon as you realize that you've had that split, I just snapped my fingers because everybody's going to hear that, right? Mm -hmm. So as soon as you realize you have that split second thought that splits through your mind about, oh God, I don't know if I can pay my son's college tuition this month, right? Yes. Cancel that. I, as soon as you hear that, you think, you you think to yourself, kind of erase it or whatever you do to, to get rid of it. Right. Mm -hmm. And then, Change the thought, and you, I have all. I give thanks to the universe that I have everything I need to pay my son's college tuition. Okay. So you intention, and then you have awareness. Okay. And then the next thing you need to do is you need to take actions. You know, you can sit around all day and pray for um, pray for prosperity, but if you're not willing to receive, if somebody calls you and they say, uh, "Well, Cheryl, I'd, I I would really like to give you a million bucks," and you say, "Oh no, no, I can't take that." You know how we don't receive. Right. Yeah, yes. Yes. So, so people who have issues with prosperity are often people who have issues with receiving, and so they are people who do not want to receive I, I, because they feel uncomfortable for whatever way. We feel like we should give, but to receive is kind of almost embarrassing, right? Right. Yes. Yeah. So you need to change your mind about that because receiving is every time you turn down something that someone tries to give you or do for you. What message are you giving to the universe? That you don't want something to be given to you? That you're not willing to receive. Right. So action is also important. And so, I mean, an action can be being open Mm -hmm. to the jobs that come your way. It can be being open to somebody wanting to help you with something. You don't, we we are so stuck in the way that we think and the way that we we kind of perceive this universe, right? Mm -hmm. Totally, yeah. So we're so stuck in that that we are unable to um, get out of that thinking. Does that make sense? It, it totally unable, does. We're unable to get out of that thinking. So we think that money has to come through us through hard work. Yeah. Or winning the lottery, right? <laughs> yes. Very specific ways that we believe that prosperity is going to come to us. Yeah. 
Yeah. So what if we stopped limiting that and we're willing to accept prosperity coming to us from any direction? Okay. Excellent points. I like exactly. it. So, so That's what exactly true. is that um, intention, awareness, mm-hmm. and then take action and be willing to not limit the universe and allow what you're seeking to come from anywhere, not just where you think it should come. Mm-hmm. And it seems like maybe action is where people may get stuck the most, don't you think? Sure, because I, you know, um, my my ex husband is is an example of this. He just thought he could sit home all day and and affirm, and that was all that was going to take for him to have oh. people come dump bu- buckets of money on his head. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? Your your thoughts lead to words. Your words lead to action. Yes. And then you can use the other tools in the toolbox that I talk about to also help to focus that intention and to help you to vibrate at a frequency that is more in line with what it is you're seeking. Mm-hmm. Yes, I agree. So before we take a quick break, Bob in chat has a question for yes. Karen. He yes. says, what if your desire and intent goes against what your soul's plan was? Well, so first of all, we come to this uni- we come to this embodied uh, version of ourselves with free will, right? Yeah. But we are body, mind, and spirit, and sometimes our spirit has a different intention for us than we have for ourselves, and it leads to. And we, I've talked about this on the show many times. It often, if we are acting and thinking and doing outside of what our soul's intent is for us, we start to have little things that go wrong, and we need to pay attention to those things, and we need to try to realign with our soul's purpose. And if we continue to not realign with our soul's purpose, right? Mm-hmm. Eventually, what comes, what do I call it? Do you guys remember? Two by four, back it's in the head. Well, two by four, <laughs> that's you lose the job. Or you, your soul does, does subtle things to get your attention, yeah. then it gets yep. more insistent things to get your attention, then it does more insistent things to get your yes, attention. Yes, it does. It's so so, and it whacks you upside the head with the two by. <laughs> it's crazy because that's so true. I mean, it mm-hmm. it happens, and it's just mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. And it can yep. be a health crisis. It can be the fall a uh, relationship. Yeah. Or it can be the loss of a job. I mean, there's all sorts of the, the the universal two by four is not pleasant, and I do recommend to people that they try to avoid it. And I say this only out of experience because I have been whacked with the universal two by four so darn many times throughout my mm-hmm. life. I mean, so it's it's natural. We we think we know what we want, and we want what we want, and mm-hmm. we do what we do. But a lot of times, we think we're acting in congruence with what our soul's intention is, but really what we're doing is we're acting out of fear because we're afraid yeah. to make changes. Because, we're, because even though we may have something that we want a little more than what we have now, we stay in that job that we hate because it's a sense of security. Or we stay in that relationship that no longer serves us because we're afraid to be alone. So most of the time, Bob, what happens is is that you think that you're acting out of desire and really what you're doing is not acting out of fear. Yeah, True. because change is, is scary, but rather than looking at it as, a, as scary, we should look at it yeah. as exciting, as well, an opportunity, yeah. right? It's a necessity. Yeah, yeah. There's a should. Uh, I hate the word should. Okay. Um, so I would say that change is scary for people who are embodied. It's it's scary. I happen to love change, but I'm one of those weird people that does. I thrive on chaos. <laughs> yeah. And um, but I understand that change is scary. But yes, it is. I would say that instead of saying should, because should is a word that's laced with judgment. Yeah. So yes. true. So what I would say is that given where you want to go or given what you say you want to do, or given who you say you want to be, are your thoughts, words, and actions in alignment with those things? And if they're not, you might want to choose something else. All right. Well, let's do this. Let's take a break, and then we'll come back and talk some more about the Vibrational Healing Toolbox. You are listening to Paranormal Underground Radio. We will be right back. Close Encounters of the Christ Kind. Science fiction author Douglas Brody retells the life of Jesus according to ancient alien theory. As the Bible's angels are revealed to be extraterrestrials, beamed down to create a hybrid golden child who may just change the history of humankind for the better if another visitor from a far planet named Satan doesn't arrive first. 
The Planet Jesus Trilogy, Book One, Flesh and Blood. For full background material and ordering information, visit planetjesustrilogy.com, where the New Testament meets the Twilight Zone. Hi, this is Cheryl Knight, editor for Paranormal Underground Magazine. And I'm Chad Wilson, Paranormal Underground Magazine's publisher. Every month, Paranormal Underground Magazine explores the unexplained by examining topics that range from haunted sites to ufology to cryptozoology. We also spotlight investigators and researchers who continue to pave the way in a field that seeks to answer some of life's most complex questions. If you want to read about topics like psychic phenomena, demonology, conspiracy theories, crystals and herbology, and much, much more, visit ParanormalUnderground.net and start exploring the unexplained today. Hey everyone, if you can't get enough of Paranormal Underground, then I've got good news for you. We're on social media. You can find us on Twitter, on Facebook, and I think even on MySpace, and nobody has a MySpace page anymore. So check out Paranormal Underground on your favorite social media site today. Hey, are you looking for a new Paranormal podcast? Check out All Day Paranormal with me, Crystal Vermis. And me, Manny Vega. We come to you every week with the latest in supernatural news and entertainment. That's right, and you can find out more by going to GetSpooked.net. And don't forget to check out our YouTube show by going to GetSpooked.net slash YouTube. The Crusaders are commonly thought to have been motivated by the deep Christian faith. Crusades were actually war-inspired by the average of medieval ecclesial leaders who were only searching for total power and control. Well-played mind games which spoke about demonic forces, witchcraft and deadly possessions, many Europeans gave into their fears and banned the truth of an ancient and earthly civilization from their daily lives. It became an unknown world, not seen by the naked eye but capable of possessing your soul and in the worst case even kills you. In order to keep the people away from the truth, it had to be feared forever. Restoring the voice of our people, we give back what once was stolen from you. Your freedom and thinking, creating and believing. The Source of Immortality, written by Maria Anna van Driel, www.amazon.com. Hey everyone, it's Karen Frazier, co-host of Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark. Thanks for listening to the show. You've probably read my column in Paranormal Underground Magazine. I write columns about energy healing, metaphysics, and also dream interpretation. But did you know I also am an author of multiple books about metaphysics and the paranormal? You can learn more about the books that I've written on my website, authorkarenfraser.com. That's author, Karen, K-A-R-E-N, Frazier, F-R-A-Z-I-E-R.com. Hey everyone, this is Winter Balefire, contributor for Paranormal Underground Magazine, correspondent for Paranormal Underground Radio in the Dark, and now I'm very happy to announce a published author. My first poetry book, Love Letters Destroyed, is now available on Amazon.com, Lulu.com, Barnes & Noble, and other booksellers. Ebooks are also available. You can also check out pseudosynthpress.com for information on signed copies. Again, that's Love Letters Destroyed by Winter Balefire. Thanks, and I hope you enjoy. Where do you want to go to lunch? I'm having a stroke. Did you hear what I said? I'm having a stroke. Why aren't you answering me? I'm having a stroke. When someone is having a stroke, they may not be able to say it with words, but their body language will tell you loud and clear. Look for FAST. F. Face drooping. A. Arm weakness. S. Speech difficulty. T. Time to call 911 immediately. Know the sudden signs. Spot a stroke fast. Visit strokeassociation.org. Brought to you by the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Welcome back to Paranormal Underground Radio. I am your host, Cheryl Knight, and I am here with my co-host for the evening, Chuck Gotsky. And hello, our awesome guest. You may know of her, Karen Frazier. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. You might have heard of her. It's been around every once, every once in a while I've been <laughs> on this radio show. Every now and then. We've had, actually, Karen, what's it been, nine years, eight years? I can't even remember. Well, more than 300 episodes, that's what that's we know. That's for sure, yeah. Uh, uh, we actually, Karen is our special guest tonight because she is talking about her new book called Higher Vibes Toolbox, Vibrational Healing for an, an Empowered Life. 
Yeah. Such an awesome topic. So, Chuck, do you want to read Amy's question? Yeah, sure. She said that um, if that's a goal, but your your words and something and something don't align, then the goal won't work. But can't you fix the others without giving up on your goal? Yes, you absolutely can. You are welcome to do anything that you like. And if you have a goal and you truly believe that this is what you want to do, you can absolutely um, uh, change your thoughts and change your words and, and bring that goal about and bring that goal about manifestation. Uh, that's everybody's right. What I was talking about with Bob is he was asking, what if your soul's purpose doesn't align with what you want? And that's when sometimes things get a little tricky. And that's when you get that universal two by four upside the head, right? Um, yeah. But yeah, if you really feel like you want that goal, your soul is going to let you know if, if your progress to that goal. I mean, you know, if your goal is that I would like to become the world's greatest serial killer, for instance. <laughs> I, oh, dear. I, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm being extreme and I'm being ridiculous, but you know, it's illustrative, I guess. Yes. So if, if that's your goal, I want to be the world's greatest serial killer. Um, and your, your thoughts and your words and your actions line up with that. Uh, you're probably, you, you can make that happen. Please don't. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, if that's not in line with what your, your soul wants for you, then you're probably going to get some signs that maybe that's not in line. And, I, and all I'm saying is if you get those signs, you may want to see if what you're choosing is actually, um, if you're doing it out of, out of love or if you're doing it out of fear. Mm-hmm. Do you think I answered it? Good answer. Yeah, that was a good yeah. answer. All right. I think it was good. Yes, so, definitely. Now you can ask your question. I'm sorry I interrupted you. I want to talk about the first section of the book. And it explains the body's energetic systems with a focus on chakras, and it also provides a process for identifying issues as they relate to an individual's energetic systems. It also, as we've been talking about, offers a process for healing. But can you explain a little bit more about chakras and energetic systems? Sure. Um, So basically, every person who is embodied is not just a body. We are a body, a mind, and a spirit. And our body is the purely physical stuff. That includes our brains, um, our physical brains, mm-hmm. our nervous system, all of the systems in our body. That is our body. Then we have our minds. Our mind is still, um, our mind is the part of our brain or our, it's the non-physical part. So that's things like emotions. And... Um, spiritual belief and and that type of thing so that's that's the mind that's part of the non-physical and then your spirit is the divine part of you the part of you that while it's in your body it also exists outside of you as part of something greater Mm -hmm. and so our energy systems are the connection points between our bodies minds and spirits so i talk about auras chakras and meridians auras are the energy system that surrounds your body and i list several different kinds and i don't want to really go into that much much depth here because yeah. we don't have the kind of time right yeah um so you have your aura you have your meridians which are energetic channels and pathways through your body that's what's usually addressed in things like um acupuncture mm-hmm. that's clearing those meridians so that the energy can flow freely through your body And we also have the physical energy that flows through our body. That's your nervous system, right? Okay. Mm -hmm. And then we have your chakra system. And your chakra system runs up the center of your body, roughly um, on your on your along your spinal column, and it runs from from where you sit to the top of your head, essentially. And you have seven main chakras. You also have minor chakras in places like the palms of your hands and on your feet and things like that. But in general, you have these energetic centers that run through your body. And this is what the book really focuses on are the chakras and the seven main energetic centers. And each chakra has um, connects your body to the etheric, so the non-physical. It connects the physical to the non-physical. And when the energy is imbalanced in any of these chakras, it's going to affect certain physical, emotional, and spiritual aspects of your life. Mm-hmm. Did you want more than that, Cheryl? Oh, <laughs> no. 
<laughs> Sorry, I was on mute. No, no, no. No, I think that was a perfectly great explanation. I Thank you so much for that. Okay, as far as the concrete tools and activities that the reader of your book can use or engage in to raise their vibration, their balance their energy and heal, the ultimate benefits are going to be what if they successfully implement these tools into their lives? Well, the ultimate benefits are going to be everything. You know, it, it, the ultimate benefits depends on what you choose and want the benefit to be. Okay. So for me, um, the ultimate benefit of implementing these tools in, into my life is that I am coming more in alignment with my own spiritual purpose. I feel that I'm vibrating at a higher level and therefore I am helping to raise the vibration of the planet and the universe. But else, <laughs> it might be that, they're, that they find love. Or that yeah. oh. they, um, I, you know, I've used it to, and I think I, I list a few examples in the book. I've used it to deal with physical issues. Um, mm-hmm. And, you know, it can, it can help you heal a physical issue. It can help you to deal with a spiritual or emotional issue. Or it can just help you to raise your vibration and mm-hmm. vibrate higher in a way that you're more in line with your soul's purpose. It's up to you. It's up to mm-hmm. you what the ultimate outcome is. Always. Okay. True. Yep. Thank you. So, so how do so we go a little farther into the book and we we talk about a, a subject that you're well versed at, which is dreams. Mm. So I know it's a large category to hit, but dreams in general are they more of a like inner guidance system or message system function, or is it more than that? Well, you cut out a lot in that. Oh, I'm and, sorry. And no, it's okay. I'm, so I'm going to tell you what I think you asked me, okay? So what I think you asked sure. me is basically what, what purpose do dreams serve, right? Yes, correct. Yeah. Are they messages? Well, again, I, you still cut out a lot there, but I'll, I'll kind of give you my pat answer. One of the things that we haven't talked about yet in this show, in this podcast, is that we haven't talked about your divine guidance system, which I talk about throughout the whole book. And your divine mm-hmm. guidance system is this whole system of things that you have that um, helps to, to guide you along the way of your soul's purpose. So um, dreams are a part of your divine guidance system. Dreams, uh, sometimes dreams are just about processing stuff. They're just about kind of processing the crap that happened in your day. And those mm-hmm. are kind of the mundane, you know, dreams that don't mean a lot. But then Dreams also have a lot of symbolic language, and there's all kinds of different dreams that you can have that are part of your divine guidance system's way of helping you to understand more about what your soul wants and kind of more about the path that you're on. Okay. Um, did I answer your question, or do you want yeah. more? Yeah. No, no. Okay. That, that, that was a good answer. Yeah. That, that okay. makes a lot of sense, you know. Here's a question, though. How do you know when you should be paying attention to them or not? Well, I think you should always pay attention to your dreams. With that being said, you can kind of ask, like, before you go to sleep, please let me, please tell me. What I do is every night before I go to sleep, I say kind of to the universe, I say, Mm -hmm. please tell me what it is I need to know. Then please allow me to remember what it is I learned. (laughs) Gotcha. And so then I get dreams, and these dreams often tell me uh, a lot about what it is I need to know. So, like, I do the dream interpretation column for Paranormal Underground magazine, mm-hmm. and um, I, I think I've been even I've interpreted dreams from both of you guys. I'm I'm pretty yes. sure. Yes. Yes. Correct. And so, think about. Can we talk about yours for a sec, Chuck? Sure. Think about sure. what happened when you had that dream about the lights and your friend Al and things. How much oh, of a yeah. path, once you understood that dream, what did it do for you? It it opened up. It <laughs> That's a big question. It pretty much opened up my whole life and put me yeah. on the path I'm on now. Yeah. Well, exactly. So, so that's how powerful dreams are, and that's how you use a dream. Dreams are incredibly important, and they tell you incredibly important things about yourself. And I know, Cheryl's, yours, um, yours were maybe not as much set you on a whole life path, but it told you some things about things that you were worried about. Yes. And maybe, and maybe brought to light things that you kind of were worrying about in the background, that, but you didn't really understand how much they were affecting you. Correct. Right. I don't remember every single dream I ever interpret, but for some reason I, rec- I remember both of yours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So well, thank um, you. So, oh, thanks. <laughs> it could be something as simple as, look, I'm telling you that you're having this anxiety and it's something yeah. you need to address. Or it can be something life-altering like yours, Chuck. So it's part of your divine guidance great. system. And it's it's just, and, and for me, so when I say at night, tell me what I need to know, I mean, since I've started doing that, it's just incredible what I wake yeah. up in the morning's understanding that I didn't understand before. So this book you've written, what do you hope this book is going to do for people? I mean, there was a reason why you wrote it, of course. So I mean, what yeah. did you mind when you did this? Was it just guidance? Was it to open up people's eyes? Was it a little both? I mean, what, what did you really want to, 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 well, to Jim happen? Have, my husband, Jim and I have talked about this quite a lot because Jim did the proofread of the book. And he was um, very, you know, well, I think you should explain this more. And I don't think that this is going to convince people who don't believe. And so we've had a discussion about that a lot because my, my response is, well, look, my job, I, I'm not here to convince people who don't believe. And therefore, um, you know, this probably isn't the book for them. So my goal with the book is to just give people practical tools and for people to understand how many of these things, I mean, were there things in there that you were surprised to see listed as vibrational healing tools? Yeah, some. Yeah. I mean, yeah. 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 But, mm-hmm. but it makes sense that they are once you read them, right? Stand. Yeah. My goal is just help people to understand, look, this is how your divine guidance system is talking to you. And this is how these are the tools that you have available as you move through this life. Should you wish to make changes, should you wish to step more on your soul's path, whatever it is that you choose to have happen in your life, you you are not disempowered. You are not at the mercy of the universe. You can empower yourself by using these tools. And so my goal is, that it gets into the hands of the people who need it. And if that's just one person, then I've done my job. I'd, I'd hope it's more because mm-hmm. I, I really think that this can help a lot of people. Yeah, um, I agree. Yep. But but my bo- goal is just to allow people to empower themselves so that they can live more empowered lives. Well, well there you go. That was a great answer, by the way. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Cheryl, do you have anything else you'd like to add? Well, I want to know where we can find the book can get it anywhere online uh, well anywhere online online bookstores it's available at amazon it's available at uh, barnes and noble places like that and you know if you can't find it you can always contact me through my website authorkarenfraser.com and i'm sure i'll have a copy or two as well very good what about social media or your website where can they find you AuthorKarenFraser.com is, um, and my cookbooks are on KarenFraser.com. I actually have them a little bit separately branded, uh, even though I think that cooking and food and diets and uh, movement is all part of the spectrum. As a matter of fact, in, in the healing, uh, the Higher Vibes Toolbox, there's a mm-hmm. section on on food and movement because I, I think mm-hmm. that you can't separate the body from the rest. Um but anyway, so that's on KarenFraser.com. And I have a Twitter. It's at author KFraz, K-F-R-A-Z. Um, I'm really bad at the Twitter. And so <laughs> mostly find me on I, – I, but I, I am pretty interactive with people who follow me on Facebook. And that's author Karen Fraser. There you go. All right. Well, I encourage our listeners to check out your book. Again, it's called Higher Vibes Toolbox, Vibrational Healing for an, an Empowered Life by Karen Fraser. Yay. Ooh, Bob's hey. going to buy your book. Oh, well, see, there we go. One book sold. One. Cha-ching. One. <laughs> I am. All right. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Chuck. And for our listeners, You're please welcome. stay tuned for our correspondence segments up next. I'm Crystal Vermis. And I'm Manny Vega. From Salem, Massachusetts, we are your paranormal underground radio in the dark correspondents. We are also the hosts of the All Day Paranormal podcast and All Day Paranormal After Dark, the YouTube show. Find out more about us at GetSpooked.net. Now for our paranormal news segment of the week. Let's get into some paranormal news. Let's do it. I hear you have something interesting, right? I do. I have something. I'm a little scared, actually, based on when you when you told me about it. It sounds really it's something that gets me like gives me goosebumps. Well, it's it's unconfirmed necessarily what this thing is or what these experiences are. But basically, I've got a story or two stories uh, from one person that was shared to uh, Rosemary Ellen Guiley's blog mm-hmm. um, just in the past week. 
she just wrote their 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 accounts, and then there was some speculation as to what these accounts might have meant, or where they came from, or what these entities were, that sort of thing. So that's that's what I'm breaking down for you right here now. Yeah. All right. So uh, this is uh, uh, again a blog on Rosemary Ellen Guiley's website. It's called VisionaryLiving.com. Uh, she writes two strange encounters. Are they ultra-terrestrials, gin, or a time slip? Okay. Gin. I knew it was about the gin, and yeah. I, I can't handle the gin. I just feel like they're like these like bugs that are creepy crawling all over you, and you can't see them. And yeah. they're just like, they're running the world, guys. Well, do we want to describe what the gin are first before we get started? <sighs> okay. What, what is your breakdown the of The gin are, if you ever, you know, a lot of people have abbreviated it to genie. Genies. There are these unseen little creatures that can supposedly... they control the world they are responsible for causing all of like the horrible things in the world but they're you know just like people there are some good ones that can bring good luck too Mm. but um a lot of people believe that you know when you hear about a haunting it might it's not necessarily a ghost but a gin it's a gin in your house causing you know this and that to happen they're basically another type of, of paranormal entity and they're particularly uh uh, believed in by uh, the Muslim community. Mm-hmm. So, you know, in a lot of those countries, um, there's a, really, a really strong belief in the jinn causing evil things for you know to happen, uh, almost like you might say a demon. In, and they're thought Catholic. to be thousands of years old. You yeah. know, they were here long before, like, humans. That's right. the assumption. So Rosemary Ellen Guiley is actually, she writes a lot about the jinn. So if you just check out her books, like if, you, the expert. if you're curious, <laughs> um, she writes a lot about it. But again, these are these two accounts coming from a, an anonymous, uh, I guess, reader Tipster. of her blog. Yep. Uh, who, who shared both of these experiences. So the first incident happened in the summer of 2000. My cousin and his friend, both 11 years old at the time, were riding their bicycles. It was in the evening on a Sunday night. Uh, they live in a very small town, so it's safe for children to be outside at night. Anyway, they were by the town park when they saw a figure seated beneath the pavilion. This was highly unusual at this park, uh, which was usually empty at this time. Curious, they drew closer and saw that it was a woman who looked to be in her 30s, seated at a bench with a painting and an arts easel. She called out them. She called out to them in a monotone voice, like an automated voice one would hear on an answering machine. As they biked closer, they saw that she was wearing what my cousin describes as gypsy clothing, colorful and mismatched thrift store attire. Her expression was entirely blank. She stared through, rather than at them, as if they weren't even there. She began to ask them generic questions like, Who are you? Where are you from? What are you doing? Etc in her monotone voice. Her movements were stiff and awkward, her eyebrows and lips appeared painted on, and her skin was like plastic. In short, she was like a mannequin come to life. The painting she was working on portrayed the night sky, occupied by the moon and the stars, each with faces showing different expressions. Uh, See, I hate the stories about the djinn. It's so Uh, creepy. So the, the two kids felt a sense of dread that grew and grew, their instincts telling them to depart as soon as possible. So they did. They rode their bicycles a brief distance away and then returned shortly thereafter to see if she was still there. But she and her art set were gone without a trace. Looking through the surrounding sidewalks revealed no trace of her either. Uh, It was odd for a number of reasons because uh, she was barefoot, first of all. Uh, There was no automobile or bicycle nearby. If someone had come to pick her up, they would have seen and heard that car. Uh, And, of course, she had the large and cumbersome art set with her, which would have been awkward to carry by hand. Uh, third, they were gone for less than a minute, so it wasn't enough time for her to leave the park. Disappear, yeah. Right, so the incident still bothers my cousin to this day. Now, this is the second incident, okay? So that's the one with the woman in the park. This one occurred in the summer of 1995 to 1996, can't recall which. My father and I were fishing in the wooded area. This had been fruitless and the sun was about to set, so we entered his vehicle and departed. As we pulled away, we turned to the side and saw a woman on horseback in traditional riding garb, including a red coat, white pants, boots, etc., She stared at us angrily, as if we were intruding on restricted land. We pulled forward and looked back, and she was gone without a trace. Confused and unnerved, we left immediately after. This was bizarre for a number of reasons. There is no, nor has there ever been, a stable in the area, and owning and riding horses is a hobby well out of the price range for most locals. This specific stretch of woods uh, has no clearings, no paths for a horse to walk on. Most curiously, the woman and her horse were completely silent. If they had retreated back into the woods, we would have heard the sound of hooves clapping, but we didn't. So those are the two stories, and you know, this anonymous person makes the following observations about these experiences. Uh, in, in attempting to find a basis for this phenomena in physics, I've landed on the conclusion that these entities are comprised of a form of matter that... Here we go. A, has its constituent atoms spaced so far apart that it is very <laughs> thin, to the point of being able to pass through solid objects and surfaces, perhaps like a, a vapor or a plasma. Mm-hmm. 
uh, or B, they are somehow able to adjust their atomic configuration at will so as to assume temporary solidity, a form of transmogrification. Okay? This is in addition to altering their electromagnetic frequency so as to enter the visible light spectrum. All right, that's a little interesting, but this mode of existence is why religions invented the term or concept of spirit and its derivative terms. So those are the guy's stories and his, his theories on it. Uh, Rosemary Allen Guiley, she kind of chimes in and says that she thinks, first of all, the, the woman in the first story, that you know person sitting in the park, yeah. reminds her of sort of like the men in black, women in black, or black-eyed children. Yeah, yeah. Right? So like the robotic... Just ex- like alien... Yes. You know, kind of just, they don't know how to act like humans. That's what I think. Well, she mentions there's a faint alien or ET association because of the celestial art. Uh, She's out of place. She does, you know, she disappears quickly. There's that artificial robotic uh, Mm -hmm. behavior. So yeah, a lot of that. Her face looks painted on. Right. And and because they were filled with dread, that's a common trait of the men in black and other weird genes like that. Or could be the jinn, Rosemary says, mm-hmm. uh, because they're known for shape-shifting and for being tricksters. See, for some reason, when I picture jinn, though, I picture these tiny little gnome-like creatures see, or leprechaun-like I creatures. I see it differently. I see them as like these tall, like almost like shadow people So, types. yeah, I mean, but sure, you know, that just explains that so many people have different perceptions of what the jinn might look like. Right, and Rosemary says they're actually thought to be a form of plasma as well, so that's interesting. Um, and then John A. Keel, who's an expert on high strangers, has another potential explanation. He actually coined the term of ultra-terrestrial, which describes entities of unknown origin, but that are indigenous to the Earth. So not like aliens that are you know, outside of our world, but beings that are weird and inside of our world. Hmm. And so that's sort of like if you're cut, you know, if it is a jinn, it exists on Earth, but it's like crossing over into another dimension almost. In the second story, though, that woman and the horse, that could be more of like a time slip situation because, uh, you know, as Rosemary says, oftentimes you can't hear anything if there's somebody who's in a time slip. Uh, the, the woman, oh, who, true. the woman who came over, crossed over. You know, if it was in a period of time where horses and automobiles were both, uh, you know, around at the same time, yeah. she might not have been freaked out by the fact that there was a car there. Uh, she might have just been annoyed. So she's, she's like, not in the side of the gin here. Yeah, this is more like. Just I was going to say that too. Yeah. So you know, that might have just been the person being like, "Hey, there's not supposed to be horses here," and that's why they were mad. Uh, but in both of these cases, you're talking about, you know, basically a, um, a, you know, that thin veil, right, that you can cross over. And if there's a dimension where the jinn are existent, perhaps, you know, this these two kids on their bikes were able to see a jinn uh, mm-hmm. in in person or just some sort of weird creature disguising itself as a human. So it's your story. What do you think? Um, I'm leaning towards you more... You jinn for the first one, right? Well, no, I don't think jinn because I feel jinn to be a little bit more trickster trickster types you know what i mean yeah i feel like this one was just painting a painting i think they just happen to come across something weird and that you know the ultra terrestrial thing kind of speaks to me a little bit like perhaps a men in black perhaps some sort of like weird entity that they weren't supposed to run into and then it it took off as soon as it saw them um i guess because it was calling out to them and trying to get them to come closer perhaps it could have been a djinn trying to like do something you know dastardly i don't know what Mm -hmm. but you could also say that's the same for like a black-eyed kid type situation so i'm leaning more towards those in the second case, I do think a time slip would make sense. Time slip, yeah. I'm on time slip, too. Yeah. All right. Well, I don't know. I don't know what tops a gin story, but I do have an alien story for us. I think us that's a pretty week. good, pretty good follow-up. a good one. So mine is actually about an author who claims to have, you know, not just, oh, maybe I saw an alien, nothing like that. He actually thinks he, uh, okay, for the purpose of the story, I'm not even going to say he thought. I'm going to say the author did interview aliens. I'm going to say, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt You're here. full, you're, you're bought in on this. I, I am. So, well, just to give him the benefit of the doubt and set up the story correctly. This Fair guy enough. interviewed aliens, okay? All right. Miguel Mendoza, 43, claims to have interviewed several real aliens in order to pen his latest book called Being with the Beings. Mm. In it, aliens reveal that they are abducting humans from Earth and explain why, according to the author. It is said to be an insight into the interactions with alien visitors from across the universe with the humans they either abduct or contact. Mr. Mendoza, a former green energy expert who helped shape UK renewable power policies, interviews each of the human contactees in in the book before allegedly speaking to their alien guides through them. One alien called Sasha is allegedly a Pleiadian from the Pleiades star cluster in the constellation of Taurus, one of the one of a number of designated alien races according to UFO believers. We've talked about the Pleiadians before, I think, mm, on here. Mm-hmm. Sasha talks about working with humans to help them transcend to a higher state of consciousness that aliens have allegedly already reached, where there is a lack of ego and therefore conflict, and the physical body becomes irrelevant. Hmm. Pretty, that, sound, that all sounds pretty convenient. That sounds appealing. 
Asked by the author, what is the most important message you can give to humanity at this time? Sasha replies, to remind humans over and over again that they are not their bodies. They are not their minds or their thoughts or emotions. They are not singular beings. They are multidimensional beings having a human experience anchored by an ego here in physical reality. Hey, if I'm not my body, my thoughts, or my emotions, what the hell am I? Well, you are a multidimensional being okay. having a human experience. <laughs> I'm having a confusing experience. Come Sasha on. went on to explain once humans are recognize, uh, recognize this, they can move beyond the quote-unquote third density to a fourth, where they will feel wholeness. Get that? Come on. Okay. Hurry up. All right. I'm trying to move to my further density here. Sasha says it is very important in this crucial time of human transformation to not be pulled out of your awareness of your wholeness through the distraction of the physical world. Through another contract or contact, Mr. Mendoza claims to have had a strange conversation with a group of amphibious humanoid aliens said to be from the Betelgeuse star system. Betelgeuse. Betelgeuse. Known as the Orion Council. Reptilians, anyone? He asked them why they work with humanity. They said, we are also learning from you, and you are learning from us. Mm. It is an agreement. Many beings work with the Orion Council, but though some haven't believed that it is possible to communicate with beings from the Betelgeuse star system, it is, and we are here to prove it. Hmm. The author also spoke with aliens from the Fajon race, an alleged planet in the Andromeda galaxy called Faki. The group said, We are from a vibrational existence, which is similar to what humans call the fifth dimension. Our physical bodies, way of thinking, way of living, technology, behavior, and our understanding of all that is has expanded through the evolutionary process into a higher frequency of being. The exciting part is that Earth... And all living things on Earth are currently in a stage of wondrous evolution. Mm. This is a reason for the immense need for disclosure and willing to reconnect with us, your cosmic brothers and sisters. So, I don't know. I mean, what do you think? It's worth (laughs) noting that this guy did write a book um, back in 2015. I believe it's called Meet the Hybrids. And a lot of people kind of uh, questioned his... Uh, you know, entire life because uh, <laughs> his entire career, his book. Um, but so that like this is almost like he wrote. I, I read another article about this guy's new book. He kind of wrote it to like prove everyone wrong. Uh, I don't know. Wait, if, so the, like the, people think that now he's a little crazier. Are you saying that the new book is supposed to prove everyone wrong who doubted the first book? Yes. Okay. And how did he speak to these aliens again? Was it through through like trance? So there are people. We actually talked about this story last week. Remember the woman who said she was an alien hybrid? Oh, yes. We did. Talk we had about a story that. about a woman who was an alien hybrid. She believes that aliens, like, fused her their DNA with hers, and now she's, like, I don't she know. She herself is a hybrid. She goes around talking Earth. about it. Like, she wrote yeah. a book about it recently. So, so he talked to these people who also claim to be alien hybrids. They probably just look like me, you and I. Right. And then he interviewed them for this book. Okay. What do you think about that? Are you buying this at no, all? No, I asked you first. Okay. Well, first, I feel like it's important to acknowledge the fact that this. I, just, I think there's a good chance that the guys probably made it up. So, like this, <laughs> that's like the 95, you know, percent likelihood. Okay, but let's be but, honest. He's he's more accomplished than us. He has two books. Okay. I mean, I'm published just by Harper's Collins. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I'm just saying. <laughs> I don't know who this guy is. I'm not gonna. But you know, okay, fine. So let's just put that aside and say that he hasn't made it up here. Um, if he hasn't made it up he's got some pretty tremendous access to all sorts of knowledge out there in the universe um you know all these different alien races so do we though why couldn't we should we could just go interview these people <laughs> i guess i'm just saying yeah right. so that's phenomenal and so they have some <laughs> they've got some good but you know what i find interesting about this is that every time you know you hear one of these discussions about what it means to be you know achieve your higher plane of existence and whatnot mm-hmm. um I've never achieved my higher plane of existence, so I'm not trying you to... You gotta meditate, man. I'm not trying to, like, you know, knock it, because I haven't tried it, but it does seem a little boring to Didn't me. Didn't you read Eat, Pray, Love? I, Remember yeah. she has that meditation God. experience? Yeah, talk about boring. Like, that was a snooze fest. So, I'm just saying... Wait, did you really read that? I can't remember. Yeah, I did. Did I make you? You made me. Is that one of the ones I made you read? Yeah, that's one of the ones. No, remember, she has... Okay, for real, without joking here, there is a point where she has a meditate, meditative experience, and... Uh, she does achieve that higher plane because she goes to India or something, yeah. or is it 
Bali? Got no, it. Indonesia. Some, sure. And, and so she's, it's like a meditation retreat. And she does have one of those moments. And she's like the biggest skeptic about this stuff when she gets there. I don't know. That's I fine. I'm not doubting meditation. What I'm saying is, But it's, you know, it's the same. It's the higher plane of existence. I know. But everyone always talks about how, like, you know, okay, so our bodies are not really our bodies. Our, you know, thoughts aren't really, like, it doesn't matter. Like, right? You know, like, pretty much everything in existence doesn't really matter. But we're all meant to be on this higher plane of, like, extraterrestrial being. But, like, when you think about yeah, it, Yeah, I don't like, understand that. Though. What exactly am I supposed to be then? Am I, like, some weird star system that's You're just like a from cloud. Me? Yeah. That doesn't sound very exciting. You know, you're like a poof. You get like, you know, you get access to like all this sort of like crazy knowledge, but I'm like, okay, do I still get to watch like baseball? Like, I don't know. Like, it seems like... No, you like, don't got eyeballs. But like, it's like you don't need, you wouldn't need you wouldn't eyes need to watch baseball for enjoyment because you don't need enjoyment. Right. Your existence is just so enjoyable. <laughs> just, you know? I don't That's get like that. what it is, though. Like, but like, doesn't that seem boring? Like, I'm just constantly happy for the rest of existence yeah, floating in the like the net. Do you know, like, that actually reminds me, you know the shit with like... Uh, what is it? No, uh, it was like near death experience stuff. Sure. And people are just like, oh, like I felt this light, and it just I felt like I was in I love. I was filled with light. I was filled with love. Every nothing else mattered. What do you mean? Nothing else mattered. What, <laughs> what do you about mean? chocolate? What about chocolate? What about like your dog that you left, you know, back on yeah. Earth? Your family, like, your, your friends, family? like all your loved oh, ones. Just don't care about your daughter anymore. I guess. Like, <laughs> don't you, you know? like the taste of wine? Like, I don't know. I know. I feel like, like I'm just if I'm just floating in space as like this star system. Like, what am I doing? Like, I is there know. any sort of like like enjoyment? And like, I get it. Like, I've achieved a higher knowledge and a higher knowing, and I don't need any of those. Things, uh, yeah, exactly. But, it's a bucket list item. But guess what? There are other items on the bucket list, okay? Could I go to Mount Everest? Like, can I see things? Can I go yeah, to, like, no. you know, can I see the Aurora Borealis? Like, yeah. I feel like there's a lot to enjoy with this, you know, inferior so physical you're body. you're buying what the aliens are selling. I just think these aliens need to, like, you know, sell me on this a maybe, little more. Maybe we need to sell them on the concept of chocolate. My, my or physical cigarettes. Body. Or other enjoyable things. I feel like know? I got a pretty good gig going with my thoughts and emotions right yeah. now, okay? I don't know. So I don't, I'm maybe saying, you guys need to get back to basics. I feel like you aliens need to, like, sell me on being a nebula, okay? Because <laughs> other than that, I don't know. I'm not buying it. If you'd like to be a guest on Paranormal Underground Radio, email editor at paranormalunderground.net. Until next time, keep exploring the unexplained at paranormalunderground.net. <laughs>